Have you guys been liking my uh, cold openings? You been listening to these? Your cold openings? Yeah. I like the creative. No, I. Creative I mean, I haven't been going back and listening. I've been. Yeah, I'm taking care of stuff. That's right. I knew it. I've been taking care of stuff. I've been busy. I got announcements to write. Got big, th- big things coming down the pipe. I'm reworking some of the graphics. You got the rest the of One Piece can't to even, watch. Can't even, listen, can't even listen to my podcast that I brutally editorialize. <laughs> editorialize the wrong word. Uh, you know, put through Brutal. the ringer. And what I, are you doing with these episodes? Like, you, you're, the idea is to just go through, and make sure that no one says any, uh, that no one drops any slurs. That's the main thing that you're supposed we're to just do. Gonna, it's, we're just going to go back and listen. I take and all the slurs out, and I also do a cold open. <laughs> and every once in a while, when somebody screws up, I make it a little Easter egg at the end of the episode. Oh, very nice. There you go. Well, I'm sure I'm sure the fans appreciate that. If, if you want to reach out to us about our, <laughs> <laughs> our Easter eggs... And our bloopers, you can do so by hitting us up at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. All right, good app, guys. Good episode. <laughs> <laughs> we got a 20 minute editor. everyone welcome to roll and move the internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the worst more bizarre board games out there in existence and boy do we have a uh speaking of fan interaction we got a doozy courtesy of one of the uh one of the roll and move universal fans out there who's uh really really pulling their weight to just make our lives miserable here and we're happy to uh Happy to share the exploits. My name is Thomas Schunkerberg, one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, and with me is here with me here as always is uh, Garrett Lively. My favorite Dragon Ball Z character is Monkey D. Luffy. That I see what you did there. I see what you did there, and I don't approve. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> and also with us is uh, Jeff Lee. When I was a kid, I always thought um, teen. Teen Gohan, like, how, how did he let himself go? Uh, and then now that I'm an adult, I completely empathize. So, <laughs> peak, we all peak a little early, I think. Did you think that you, said, you thought you you thought you were gonna be su- you thought you were gonna be uh, Super Saiyan two? I just thought if just I was Saiyan Teen Gohan man. and I peaked at that age, you're only gonna get better, right? You have the whole rest of your life. But now that I'm nearing my thirties, I realize it's a story of redemption. It's, it's not, really not. No. It's not a story of redemption at all. Gohan is the equivalent he of like out. that guy who still squeezes into his Letterman jacket at like two a.m. on a stormy night. He's drunk. He's been si- he's been sipping on like really shitty craft brews. Yeah, and he's like looking in the he's looking in the full length mirror and he's going, "I still got it. I still got it. I can still swing it." That's Gohan. He Are sucks. we talking about the same Gohan? I think we are talking he can about the defeat same all Gohan. of the enemies in one single punch, and he gets really bored all the time. <laughs> Get out, <laughs> dude! Just, just go home, Garrett. Go home. Get out. Oh my god, you're like that guy who, like, when someone's talking about Star Trek, you just start dropping all these lightsaber references and Star Wars references. I, I am that guy. guy. No, you're yeah. right. Remember when we met Hunter Burton? 
Yeah. <laughs> tell the story about he yeah. Tell the stuff on Southwest. He was he. Didn't he tell you? You got Lavar Burton to tell you to fuck off. I think I did. Like, that is true. Sorry for the language, folks, but it was pretty funny when the reading rainbow guy told Garrett, "Fuck off." <laughs> he tried to fuck off. What'd you do, Garrett? You just said so. We were at a we were at South by Southwest here in Austin, and we went into a bar, and it was pretty empty, like out in the uh, beer garden area, out back the patio, and we just see Levar Burton there, and he's wearing a Reading Rainbow hoodie, you know, as he does, and uh, he's a super nice guy. We we like, hey, it's Levar Burton. He's like, hey guys, what's up? And uh, we start talking to him. Hey, do you mind if we get a picture? Um, he's like, no, not at all. So. It was a. It was actually a South by Southwest party for a for head like Sen Sen. What is it called? Sennheiser is that the brand? Sennheiser Sen, headphones. Think, yeah, Sennheiser. Yeah. Sennheiser. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so in the picture, I have these headphones on, and as the person taking our picture, you know, normally where they would say say cheese or whatever, I go say, I go, everybody say Star Wars, and he looks at me and he points <laughs> his finger right in my face, and he says, uh, as Thomas mentioned. Off, <laughs> didn't like it. Not a big Star Wars fan. No, he d- he didn't like it. Um, oh man, I'm proud of him though. You know, if I was <laughs> yeah. if I was a part of a you know part of a feud or rivalry, you got to keep it up at all times. You know, no uh, no diplomatic immunity allowed. Yeah. So. so so we're we're talking about fandoms here. We're talking about sort of the uh, you know the uh, brand assets of storytelling. We're talking about Star Wars cosplay cosplay something you'd see at anime conventions that sort of stuff we're bringing up all these references and it all ties into this wonderful game recommended to us by who gave us this game gear uh mr travis seifert if you're if you're not familiar with his work go back and listen to episode 65 this is his second uh foray into recommending a board game for the roll and move crew and uh hit a home run with atmosphere the vhs board game and uh, I think he got a little drunk with Power Boys on this one because home run is in good or bad, Garrett. It, it, home run is in like the perfect roll and move game. Like it was, it was the quintessential. Like it's got gimmicks. Uh, it has clunky mechanics. It goes on too long. You're rolling and moving. Like it just checked all the boxes as far mm-hmm. as a roll and move. Like the got perfect it. roll and move game. And then he got a little drunk with Power. Like I said on this game uh, and making recommendations. He's like, hey. Garrett and the boys will take any recommendation that I throw out as long as they can get their hands on it or they can you know play it virtually. They're gonna do it. And uh, we held true to that and I, I think we're having to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of remorse on that <laughs> on that claim that we made. Uh, seller's yeah. remorse, I think this time because we, we, we have the the official guarantee you know seal that we will we will take any recommendations you put you know we say it at the end of every podcast and this is the first time i think we've uh, started to regret that sometimes so, congratulations holding Trav. true to your word mm-hmm. it's just the if, wrong thing to do it's absolutely the wrong thing to do and in this case as you guys will hear it was the wrong thing to do so what is the game that travis recommended so i just i'm looking back at my steam chat here with travis and it just he didn't we were, we were on a Discord. I think we were playing a, a board game on Tabletop Simulator, a, a good board game. And he just sends me uh, one line of text, and it just says, Cosplay Girlfriend version 4.0. And, <laughs> and at so, first you thought he actually pasted into the wrong conversation. <laughs> I thought, it, yeah. I thought it like, Trav, is this, the, he, this isn't Google, buddy. And he's like, no, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
he says, I was browsing Tabletop Simulator, and I think I found the perfect roll and move game. And so I go to the workshop, bring up Cosplay Girlfriend version 4.0, a mod by... I, I I think you pronounce this TSOGLOV, or maybe SOGLOV. I'm not sure how you pronounce your name, creator. Um, but anyways, a, a, a original board game by Mr. TSOGLOV. And uh, here we are today in, in pain, in suffering, and in utter dismay as we present this. We utter present. disbelief as well. Like, this was, <laughs> this was quite something. I, I just think the shared knowledge of it. Like, there's, he, he had to touch on so many different topics, and we'll go into that in a little bit. But I'm, I'm yeah. in some ways impressed, actually. <laughs> yeah, there, there was certainly not a lack of effort on the part. But, you know, just because you put in a lot of effort doesn't mean that, you know, it's always going to come out roses on the other end. Right. Uh, but before we go into the game, I think we have to talk about a little bit about the history of what sort of inspired it. So the game, does it say that this was inspired by the so, video that you had us watch? I can I can read the description here. So this is, this is a short description for Cosplay Girlfriend version 4.0. This is all you know before you go into yeah. and, and subscribe. You go on Tabletop Sim, you can see this as well. You can see it in the description. You can download it. I, We'll include the subscription link, I think, in our reviews, yes. yeah. so if you want right. to see it. So, race to the goal using various cosplay girlfriend cards to make your friends hate you. Not that you have any if you play things like this. The rules for this game can be found in the notebook and game. Inspired by the hit classic, and then it lists a link to the Donkey Kong fan-made community game. And it says, I also stole the dice from there because I don't know how to make custom dice. Sorry, LMAO. <laughs> Game also inspired by the hit classic song Cosplay Girlfriend, the greatest song that ever did exist. So yes, it is directly inspired by the hit classic song. Air quotes. Cosplay Girlfriend. Um, Yes, and so I I believe you have a lot more information on this quote-unquote hit classic song. So this hit classic song, uh, hit in sort of air quotes, I mean, it does have over 300,000 views on YouTube. It was published uh, seven years ago, I believe, yes, seven, eight years ago by the band Leet Street Boys. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, Leet, uh, it's spelled L33T, sometimes R 33 t that's known as Leet Speak, if uh, if you're not familiar, uh, where you substitute uh, similar-looking letters out for their corresponding numbers. Threes become E's. Uh, but by Elite Street Boys, and uh, this is certainly a band that targets gamer and quote-unquote nerd culture. Uh, you would Maybe one would even say counterculture if it was the early 2000s. The otaku but, culture. The otaku <laughs> culture, but... This is what was once counterculture today has become extremely uh, mainstream uh, because their songs are all about anime and video games and uh, and different TV shows and not really so much the Star Wars stuff, but really mostly towards the Japan end of the spectrum, as Jeff said, otakus. Uh, Jeff, what is the best way to phrase an otaku and sort of the obsession with uh, Japanese media. So, um, so <clears throat> I'm going to read the Google definition here and we can dive into that. So the, the term otaku says, uh, specifically, it's like a Japanese term, obviously, but a young person who is obsessed with computers or particular aspects of popular culture to the detriment of their social skills. Now, many of us would think that that would be a negative term, but people 
a lot of otakus will take that with pride if i'm if i correctly there's like a magazine dedicated to it and uh you know the mm -hmm. idea is that you are so such a big super fan uh that you know that people make fun of you for it and you still do it at the expense of your personal i don't, I don't know how people personally see you um is that does that cover it, Tom, or anything else? You I think I think that definitely covers it. Um, I, I think another conversation that I eventually want to have, and this one I don't know the answer to, is the difference between an otaku and a weeaboo. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's actually, you know, it's actually one of the first questions here in Google. <laughs> <laughs> what is the difference? I'm glad I'm not the only one. But that's a conversation for another day. We got things to do. This episode's going to be four hours long if we try and diagnose uh, everything about yeah, that uh, that yeah. side of culture. Uh, so we have this band that plays these songs that are all about anime uh, to sort of let you guys in on some of their songs. Uh, we have Yuri, The Only One, which is a playoff of, I believe, Yuri on Ice. They have uh, Pixel Girl, My Life is an RPG, or a role-playing game. Fanboy of the Opera, Lady and the Trap. Trap being refer referring to uh, someone who is into uh, cross-dressing or drag. Uh VK Band, Noob Slayer, Masquerade, but by far the one that was the most popular is my new, uh, what is it called, Garrett? What's the song that inspired this thing? My, my, my new cosplay girlfriend? My, yeah, my cosplay girlfriend, yes. Was, my cosplay girlfriend. It's all about a song about some guy gets dumped and he finds an amazing cosplay girlfriend who dresses up as different characters and goes to anime cons and conventions, and it is just, maybe we can drop a sound bite. Like something like right here, just to let them listen. Since you're gone, I've moved on. We're making crazy plans. I've got a new cosplay girlfriend. She's fun and she's better than you. Right, so that's, it, it's, it's that, that sort of like whiny, punky, angsty. sort of uh, angsty sort of a feel that they've got. You know, they're a little sum 41, but if you manage to take out, you know all the talent and replace it with uh, completely fan servicing an entire section of yeah and instead of your parents not understanding you it's just everybody not understanding <laughs> right you. yeah then, uh which by the way i don't know how you guys feel about this what do you guys think about e-girls is that a, would you recommend do you think it's smart of them to recommend young men to go out there and date e-girls who are sort of into the cosplay scene yeah, I've got a friend that's in the cosplay scene, and he has constantly just said, you know, he's he's met a lot of girls out there that uh, are are just great people. They they stick up for the rights of others, and they will fight for your right. If you're a male in the cosplay scene, they'll fight for your right to to be there and get recognition, even though you don't necessarily get the same amount of likes. So yeah, absolutely. Based on what I'm hearing from my inside source. <laughs> e-girls are uh i mean it, it, overall just a great breed so yeah freedom fighters right right yeah and, and they're i know exactly what you're talking about garrett and you're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> um there there is sort of a difference you know you have your cosplay fans who do it for the love and then you have your cosplay fans who do it for the likes and the ones who do it for the likes are the ones you got to watch out for and i wish uh there should be a big disclaimer at the front of the video, the people that are doing it just for the, uh, they want to get, because they get the influencer status, which is, you know, this sort of video harkens back to a time of pure cosplay, but I digress. The video is obnoxious, it's terribly annoying, and it inspired this game, which is just sort of an amalgamation of that entire otaku culture <clears throat> and the, the most bizarre, insane memes that have been 
plucked from the internet and thrown in this game to be as insufferable as humanly possible. I wanna, Did I get that right? I want to add a touch yeah. uh, <laughs> of, um, of context for our listeners, too. So they... If you're curious, and we'll, you know, we will also add this as a plug, but uh, Leech Street Boys do have a website. It's a weird, it's got a weird sub URL, which is like a website-us-east-amazonaws.com. They, they, they didn't pay, they obviously didn't pay to upgrade it to an actual website name. But at the end of, uh, of their menu, they have a job section. And let me just read you the one job um, that they have up available. J-pop singer, female. Leet Music is currently hiring a lead singer to record and perform multiple pop songs for a J-pop slash team pop slash metal group and successfully crowdfund visual novel game. Songs are in English. <laughs> so, literally I, paying women to hang out with. I'm. Them. I just. Huh? I, I chuckled pretty. And yeah, to send. If anyone's interested, you can send an application in. You have to send some. Vocal recordings, um, but my have to send some pictures of you so that you know we we know exactly we know you what are, to draw in our, uh, our crowdfunded visual. He said crowdfunded visual novel game, so I want to know if he ends up on Kickstarter. But we'll have to keep an eye out. So I wanted to add that in. I think I thought that was pr- pretty funny that uh, that was the only job, quote unquote, that they had <laughs> listed. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's looking for looking for that lead singer. For the, for the female. Uh, okay, uh, where were we? Um, who who knows? We're we're about as uh, we're about as on path as we were in the board game itself, as far as far as this episode goes. Right. So why don't you tell us a little bit, Garrett? What's what's in this game? What's going on with uh, our dating? Our, oh our, man. Um, okay. Our so cosplay girlfriend. Open it up. You've got. I think it's like 160 cards, which are the it's the cosplay girlfriend deck, and so these are your power cards, which kind of fuel the game. Uh, aside from these cards, it's a basic roll and move. You have, uh, I say basic, it, it is a roll and move generally. Uh, however, there's, I believe, four different boards that you kind of bounce around from one to another. Uh, so I'm going to come back to the cards, but your basics, uh, every turn you're going to roll, you're going to move that many spaces, and you're going to follow the directions on the space that you land on. You start on board one, you try to get to board two, and at the end of board two, there is a space where you can win. You have to get... We have some dice-based purgatory here. You have to get the exact right number. And if you go too far, it's actually a little bit worse because normally, you know, and and most dice-based purgatory, if you don't get the exact number, you just wait until your next turn and then you try to roll the exact right number again. This, if you go too far, you get set back further in the board and you have to navigate the the hells that is <laughs> that board number two uh there are two additional boards which you can get sent to which are basically just uh hell and purgatory respectively and that's that's basically the movement there, there's a ton of just like uh go back one space go forward two spaces go to jail mm. um go to a certain spot on the board usually backwards um, but otherwise, it's it's a typical roll and move. Now, where this game kind of delineates itself and, and <laughs> the most impressive amount of work that went into this game is the 160-card deck that is split up into uh, six different colors? Let me see. Five different colors. So you have, uh, you have blue border cards, which are just cards that you can choose when to play. You have green border cards, which are like permanent effects that permanently or negatively affect you for the rest of the game you've got yellow cards which can only be activated once you have met specific conditions so if you're like on board two and it's uh i don't know two in the afternoon you can play this card then you have red border cards which you throw out immediately as soon as you draw them and then you have gray border cards which literally just do nothing they're, they're just there they're just, yeah they're just to 
have a card in your hand. Mm -hmm. um, and so each of these 160 cards is completely unique. And so this is kind of where <laughs> the there's the blurring of the lines between is this satire of the nerd culture and also this guy has very, very deep understanding of very, <laughs> <laughs> very like the minutia of like, you know, third, you know, third tier characters and like B list uh, animes, not even B list, D list animes and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it is, it is a deep dive into a lot of stuff. Uh, there, I mean, 160 cards, like, we who I don't know we 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 we've watched animes we've played video games we've I don't know Thomas watches wrestling uh, I play Dominion and card games I know about Magic the Gathering between the three of us there I mean I'd say we probably know we get the references on maybe fifty percent of the cards and I think if that very, I, mean, I feel generous. like yeah <laughs> yeah I mean there's Minecraft there's SpongeBob there's a guy named Joe. I don't know who this guy is. Morb. I don't know Kirby. who Morb there's, is. There's, yeah, Dragon Ball Z. And then there's all these, like, there's this witch girl in a red dress. I don't know who she is. There's this black and white girl from a manga. I don't know who she is. There's, there's Paul Blart from Mall Cop for some reason. Paul Blart from Mall Cop. There's, there's Orange is the New Black. Like, it's just, it's just everywhere. So, I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's pretty insane the dedication and just the sheer scope of everything that they just threw into this game. Um, we have a lot of assets of, we have L from death note. We have, we have live action shots. We have, uh, people from what's it called? Doctor. What's the, what's that doctor? Show? The British doctor show. Uh, uh, doctor who, yeah, doctor who. Doctor. Yeah. We got doctors yeah. from doctor who we got wrestlers. We have memes of, you know, we got Danganronpa Rampa girl, characters. Danganronpa, yeah, it's just everywhere. It is so Yu show. I see it all. There's a Burger King. Like it's just, it's just a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, it's it's hard to say what all's in the box, but just take a blender and just put everything uh, that you've ever <laughs> seen on TV in there. And, and take a, a Shonen Jump magazine and put it in a blender. <laughs> and then yeah, also, if you took YouTube, blended it with Shonen Jump, and blended that with like netflix and reddit yeah. i feel like you would get a lot of a lot of this yeah. stuff yeah it's yeah. just a absolutely insane and also in here uh there is a coin for flipping there's a couple of cards that ask you to make a heads or tails flip and then the dice that he previously <laughs> mentioned that he's dice. he previously mentioned that he stole from donkey kong so yes there's a there's i was a wondering whether there's bananas on those dice. <laughs> <laughs> i just kind of went with it you know at some point i was lost anyway so Really I mean, it's far from the strangest thing that I encountered. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to tell him about my the gray card that I pulled, yeah. which is like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've got. I mean, there's not a whole. I mean, as far as like the mechanics and stuff in this game, there's not a lot. But I have so much to like. There, I feel like there's so much we want to talk about as far as just like the commitment to this and just like the overall, the overall amount of work that went into this to portray what is definitely a meme and most people are going to quit within like five minutes of even attempting to uh start playing this even if they get that far most people are going to look at it and never play and then the people that do play are going to quit very yeah i just i want to cover as little of the gameplay as possible but really quickly i just want to say it's i think it's just meant for you to it is a marathon right like you know yeah. there's there's death zones where you have to give up like a million cards, but you don't really get that many cards. There's areas where you're kind of stuck, and I think Thomas lost five turns. I was about what, to play another card that made him lose another four. So one one spot says skip as many turns as you have eaten bread in your life. 
Yep. So that I mean, so, Tom is pretty much, is pretty like much that, game over. That knocked me out of the game. Yeah. Like, if you're following the rules to a T, then it's there are game-breaking mechanics. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there are. I killed Garrett in the second turn, and it didn't really say what to do. Like, so I don't think there was a way for we didn't think there was a way for Garrett to come back. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that pretty much covers the mechanics. It's a roll and move, and uh, if you play it to a T, then very likely you won't finish the game. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or you'll, you'll all be dead. You'll all be dead. <laughs> well, let's dive into uh, the theme. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you had a card you wanted to talk about, too. I, I, right. Uh, I think, so it's almost like, I love the way that Jeff was describing it, because I, I really do agree that it is more along the experience of a, of a marathon of just, if you keep going a little further, you're bound to see some really weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first card that I pulled from the deck. So it says you're supposed to have gray cards that do nothing. It's just to give you a card in your hand. Red cards, yellow cards, and blue cards. The first card that I pulled wasn't even a card. It was a T model. <laughs> it was like an animation, a scrap piece of animation. It was a T model. I had no description on it. It was absolutely nothing. It yeah. was just a 3D model in my hand in the place of a card. And what I love, so, ab- and- what I love about this is that on the one hand, you could say the guy made a mistake. But on the other hand, if you understand the, the hilarity of team models is that right. they're not supposed to be there and they end up in video games all the time and it's just kind of mm-hmm. like, whoops, this is here. And uh, now now you have your character's just arms outstretched the entire time and you have to just deal with this thing. <laughs> yeah. And so I that, feel, like, I, I feel, I feel like, like this joke is like honestly meant for people that make mods on Tabletop Simulator because like, Right. <laughs> I feel like because mm. like okay, so I don't think Thomas or Jeff has created a deck of cards in Tabletop Simulator, but it's super easy. You basically paste the images in there, and you pick the card back, and it creates a deck of cards. Like it, it, it has the the like three D models already made. Mm-hmm. You just put what picture you want yeah. in front of the bag. This guy, <laughs> this guy specifically made that card to where there's an invisible background. He makes a T model. He changed the card size. So, Tom, I don't know if you noticed, when you pulled it out of the deck, it yeah, morphed bigger. into a fatter card. And then he gave it an invisible front and an, a a common background. So he, he played with the mechanic. He, he's, like, manipulating the, the mechanisms in Tabletop Simulator so that when it's in a deck of cards, it is the same, same shape. But when you pull it out of the deck, it becomes this T model that's invisible. So it's intentional and, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely intentional. And it's it's... It's really funny, and it's such an obscure joke that is meant for people that are going to play a game that has heavy ties to anime, manga, uh, video games, and just like nerd culture in general. And then is further alienating people and specifically targeting people that make tabletop simulator mods within that culture. Like it it's, is, just, it's yeah. amazing the it's amount of targets that this guy's set, this guy creates and sets up. Like I have to say, and I think this is a good rule of thumb. When you see this much Comic Sans, nothing is unintentional. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? It's just there's so many. A little so bit. And you're like, ah, you know, it. maybe a mistake or, you know, something right. happened. And then you see the whole yeah. board and you're like, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> this guy knows, this guy what, knows he's what he's doing. And also the fact that the, there's, there's also a portion of the board where, I mean, a lot of portions of the board where they draw you know, directional arrows and things to do, but half of it's crossed out. And you know that, like, it would have been easier to just repaste new text on top instead of go back with a with a you know like a whiteout basically and then kind of white it out and right. retype it. You know, it's purposeful, right? A lot of th- like good point what you made earlier, Garrett. But a lot of things that he did on the surface seems like oh crap, I made a mistake. I want to make this look as shoddy as possible. Uh, but you know, I, 
bravo like to to, yeah. to mask it to look like it's it's crap is one of uh, one of the impressive. spaces i don't know if you guys recognize this uh one of the spaces has a t-shirt on it and it has a little dumb drawing on it and it says go to a certain space on the board that mm-hmm. <laughs> that i don't know if you, y'all notice that t-shirt is from tko like the the jackbox party game where you are you serious t-shirt. oh yeah. really oh my it's gosh. a screenshot that he he's like he went and played a game of jackbox uh tko made that shirt and put it on the board so <laughs> it's just it's, it's it, a lot of effort here it's so there i mean there's 90 percent, like i said 50 percent of the cards we don't even know what the reference is to as far as the character goes so i'm sure there's like you know many many jokes that we are, are completely flying over our head but it, mm-hmm. it's such a crazy dedication to the bit that it and and i don't know i i think it's a it's a monument in absurdist humor that you just you keep going even when people know it's a joke you keep acting like you're not in on it and you keep you keep digging and digging and digging and uh you know eventually it somebody people find it funny i hate to be that guy <laughs> to dig hope. into this dude's uh <laughs> steam history but here we go so um he recently he's been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! duel links <laughs> and then also I, for whatever reason there's a pretty girls battle school girls edition of mahjong so i don't know yeah. i'm, I'm kind of confused i mean i He's he's obviously it's kind of part like of the culture, saying, right? Like, like, yeah, he's making fun of the culture, but at the same time, he's he's deep within it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So well, I mean, he has. I to think. Be I to think. Know. In, exactly. Exactly. Just what Jeff said right there. You in you, in order to properly make fun of something, one must know the rules of the of the medium that you're planning to poke right. fun at. You could not make a parody movie of a Western if you didn't love Westerns. Or it'd be bad. Or it'd because be a bad you parody, wouldn't know the rules. Right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So what this guy is doing, it's very clear that he loves what it is. I mean, it's just like what, uh, what you know, Chuck Frank and Joaquin do on This Is Awesome. They're huge wrestling fans. But they also love to rip on it because they know all the ways that, it, you know, it, the way that it works. So I think if you're going to make fun of something and you want to do it well, that the reason why you, are, listener, are probably the best candidate to make fun of your siblings or to rip on your mom or your dad in a loving way is because you know them so well. So right. you know like what makes them tick and the things, the ridiculous things that they do and say. <clears throat> yeah, I, I just think like it's funny how you can reskin this game in different ways if you dive deep into different memes. And like, for example, if this was... Um, if this game came out in 2012, for example, it would be just this gigantic rage comic. So, I mean, <laughs> but it, it's just, it's kind of oh, like the same thing, but in a different medium, if, if that makes sense. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's got a lot of the same un, uh, under and overtones. and But in this case, it's just about anime and cosplay and manga culture. So Right. Um, yeah, I think we've we've kind of drugged that as far as we can, as as far at least as far as we mm-hmm. understand. Um, one other thing I do want to mention, we t- Jeff, you kind of mentioned it, but there are a lot of mechanics in here that basically just end the game yeah. for certain players. Uh, That's just, a little bit of a problem. Yeah, so I I think to a little bit turn back to the gameplay mechanics on here, um, <laughs> we have and maybe maybe these are all intentional, maybe they're not. Uh, but from a, <laughs> I, I don't know what we are, reviewers of bad board game perspective, uh, we have a lot of issues with, it, it's funny because on the first board, it's a, there's a very clear circular path, right? You, you mm-hmm. start at start, you go in a circle, and once you get back to the space right before start, 
uh, it says you can advance to stage two. Then when you get to stage two, it's this winding snake path with uh, branches that like are one ways and you can only go one path down. But there's also all these like dead zones that are similar colors to the board. So it's, it's very so confusing hard as to, to understand. Yeah. what is a space and what is dead space in the board. And it's got all these images thrown on top of the spaces and on top of the dead space, further confusing what's a space and which direction you go and what is not a space. And then it's got these, those are all, those are all like square paths. And then you go to the, the extra zones, like I said, the purgatory and the hell. And those are completely, those are circles with Microsoft Paint white lines drawn between them. <laughs> so it's like from a gameplay me- me- uh, you know, mechanic standpoint, the roll and move aspect of this game is like a headache to get through because it is so hard to figure so out what hard. direction you need to go. Where you need to land. I mean, there's, what, there's what even... What part of the board you go to when it sends you somewhere and and where in the world you are with your pieces that are paper thin. Right. So it's... Like, there's there's Morb City and then there's Morbville, which are two very different places. <laughs> there's a Morb Town, I think, as well. So. Yeah. There's also Jail and Super Jail, so uh, you better make <laughs> Which sure makes me right think, one. like, you know, obviously we mentioned earlier that he has to be ingrained enough in the culture to be able to satirize it, but I wonder if he knows... Mm-hmm board game culture enough to where he's able to do that the same like um you know i think maybe not not so much i think people know what a bad game is from a roll and move perspective uh, uh, like it, it's pretty clear that certain games are just kind of not that great um right. just by playing it for a little bit so maybe he just put some of those elements in but for example as far as we know he made a whole section of the board uh, called the bone zone which is like a completely separate it's one of the four boards and the only way to get on get onto that board is to land on one particular space. So all this work, like a quarter of the work, just to just for one space that you could potentially skip. Uh, now I do have a hypothesis on on the bone zone. I pointed this out mm-hmm. to Garrett. I this is this is his fault. This is the designer's fault. Um, there are many cards where you can just straight up kill another player. It says you die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at first we were like, well, I guess you're out of the game. Garrett was kicked out of the game, like because his third move, you yeah. killed him. Uh, I think that the bone zone is where you go when you die, but to be fair, he never specified that. Yeah, and he never connects the two together. So if it says you die, go to the bone zone, or after the bone zone at the end, it says you come back to life. You know, the two concepts never get connected together. So I I think like... he, it could have been, but he, he definitely doesn't, he never really, there's no way to really infer the two um, with mm-hmm. any any actual like information. Like it's not in the notebook. It doesn't even talk about the bone zone or death in the notebook, uh, which is um, for tabletop simulator, that's just the instruction book. So yeah, we're not, not quite sure what, what to do with death, but we just right. played it as if you just don't play anymore. One other uh, small gameplay mechanism uh, feature or bug or whatever whatever you want to label this as. Uh, so the winning condition is to get to a space, and that space says discard two cards, and if you do, you win. Uh, however, throughout the game, you're constantly drawing cards, and most of those cards are penalties for you, and generally the penalty involves losing cards. So... Uh, it's this interesting. You're trying to collect cards, uh, and then also the sorry, I'm going to say also the good cards. When you play them, you usually have to discard cards in order to get the good effect. So there's a little bit of a balancing act uh, that goes into hanging on to cards to get to the end of it, and also surviving the marathon that that mm-hmm. is uh, constantly moving to a space and having to discard cards. So aside so. from like the difficulty, I will say that like some of the cards. Like, 
you know, we always talk about player interaction with rolling moves and how bad it is. But in this game, the player action is actually pretty high. Like, you know, like there are cards that, like, for example, I killed Garrett on my third turn. And there are cards that I could play. Like I played a persistence card, like a green card for Thomas that if he rolled a certain number, he'd have to get some penalty. Um, and there are some combinations that you could do. So I will say that there is some level of like direction or strategy that you can do, but it's all brutal. Like it's not like... You know, there's like no room to come back from some of them. So I mean, I literally killed Garrett in the third turn. Like, there's nothing he could do. Um, Thomas is still skipping turns. Yeah, Thomas is still I, skipping I, turns. Ate too much bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 that is so. Even yeah, even if we go with the assumption that the bone zone is where you go when you die, and Garrett could have kept playing. Yeah, with a spot like, oh, you're here for as many as much bread as you ate. Not even slices of bread, but just bread. Uh, <laughs> that's I'm like okay. Well, I guess I am. Uh, I'm out of the game if it's because I the, cannot leave. What was the card you got, Tom? About cutting your own hand off? It was like either yeah. It said you cut your own hand off or you discard three cards. Like some of the stuff are like real life things. Like there are <laughs> cards that say you. No one is allowed to take a drink. No one is allowed to say the word bruh. Like no one is allowed <clears> to do this. And then there are cards like uh. There was one like, that was like, you, scream. Your father shoots you. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. You draw this card, your father comes into the room and shoots you. Yeah. Like, that is, that's what if happens. If he hits a vital organ, you die. If not, miss a turn and do not die. Thanks. That is the like, <laughs> thanks. I saw one card that was like, resolve this card, and the end it said, this card dies. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, so confused. And then there was one that said, um, Everybody screams uh, for as loud as I can. The, whoever <laughs> screams, the first person to stop screaming gets some penalty. I can't remember what it was. I like that one a lot, actually. I think it's that great. one's really And funny. it was a Goku card, so Goku is on it. So if that, if you understand DBZ, you mm-hmm. kind of understand that joke. So, um, And I think the final thing I need to talk about with this game is uh, specifically because we read the Shrek fanfic last time. I'm, I'm just going to throw this in here. My favorite space on the board is Shadow the Hedgehog and it just says, nice cock. Shadow says, you have a nice cock. Say thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Shadow. That's that's really that's really all this game is. It's just <laughs> looking at... It's just, you know, it's a sideshow. You know, you never know what you're going to get next. And so you might as well just keep playing and keep drawing cards because you, there's, this is one of those things where when you sort of figure out the mechanics of a game, you can guess what kind of cards are going to be coming up, right? Uh, Okay, if I'm playing Candyland, I know that the next card that I draw is going to be, you know, it's going to tell me to go to a certain space. It's going to be a color card. Mm -hmm. If you're playing, if you're playing, uh... For example, I'm trying to think of another game where, like, you you the you quickly understand the mechanics of the game and you're able to ascertain what sort of cards are going to be coming up in the deck. Right. With this game, you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. You don't know what what's going to come up. You could get a game breaking card immediately. You, I very that we drew a card. It was Exodia's leg from the Yu-Gi-Oh deck. <laughs> Like just a completely different game. You're just like what do I like? What am I supposed to do with this? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? That's I think one of the fun parts about this game is that in sort of doing away with, by saying anything goes, it there is a sort of anticipation that I have about drawing cards that I don't have with other games because there is no limit to the potential of things that could just pop into your hand. It could be a T-model, it could be a Yu-Gi-Oh card, it could be a Pokemon All card. All the corners of the culture. It could be a, it could be a fucking baseball card. Like, <laughs> there's... 
it could be anything because this person is just throwing everything out the window. Does that make it a good game? Maybe not, but it makes it an interesting experience. Yeah, I agree. I think, and we played a game before, um, uh, the I think Rules of the Game, right? Uh, where we kind of, was it Rules of the Game or... Remind me. Those of the game was where you're a ref and you like had multiple choice questions. Uh, I'm thinking about, uh, sorry, I'm thinking about House of Danger. Um, basically, all of our role playing games, a lot of them, we had, um, you know, we thought they were bad, but if you take a step back and realize that it's part of this grander scheme, and the joke is, the joke is that the mm-hmm. game is bad. How do we rate that? You know, that's that's the kind of persistent question. At least in House of Danger, we rated the game as such. Uh, as it was, but then you know we, we could appreciate the experience outside of our rating. So just kind of curious about how how we'll rate our game today. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you guys want to go ahead and uh, go down that rabbit hole right now? I yeah, think, we uh, we do have a couple of uh, comments that I want to throw out here from people oh. that were excited about this mod on Tabletop Simulator. So mm. I, I I don't know if these are necessarily reviews, but it's, it's what we have. Uh, Finish Ham wrote, Dude, you were taking so long on version 4, we combined the powers of this game with the power of the penalty and bonus board to create the ultimate game. I love this game. Uh, so there you go. Finish Ham. Uh, I'm not sure if there actually was a version 3.0 or 2.0 or 4.0, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was curious, too, if, the, if there was other versions and what those looked like, how it evolved. There, He has released four updates to the game, but they were May 8th, May 20th, May 24th, twice. So I'm... People were really excited uh, the month of May. It was, a, it was a big month for cosplay girlfriends. Um, Harvey Chan writes, I've literally never had more fun. And uh, Flam wrote, Grabbing Before DMCAs by Fantasy Flight Games, which, I again, that's just a, a joke by a guy that didn't make this game playing on board game culture that is absurd and it has nothing to do with this. So there you go. That is uh, quite stunning, if I do say so myself. Um I have similar sentiments as far as uh, maybe not looking forward to the game, but really, I did have a lot of fun with this game. Uh, I'll just go ahead and go first with my uh, with my review here. I will say that the game is very much broken from a mechanic standpoint, uh, but I do respect the sheer surprise that I had, like getting ready to to sort of play this thing with drawing every new card is a completely, it's like opening Pandora's box, right? You never really know what uh, horrible things are going to come flying out towards your face. Is there any game in our library that we played that is somewhat similar to this? Like in, in the fact that literally anything goes mechanics and rules are out the window. Mm, I don't think that's not a um, role play (laughs) game. No, I don't think so. Right. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I've had more fun playing this than probably the last couple of games uh, that, we've, that we've certainly played. I would say that the sheer amount of effort that's gone into this is worth noting. Uh, and that even though I am still sitting on that space, uh, <laughs> thinking about all the bread that I've eaten. You just got to go gluten-free, life, man. And then maybe one day I you'll get your turn back. It's too bad I didn't have celiac disease. You know, I could have been able to uh, finish this I could game. Have, I, I could have been able to finish this game, uh, which is a real shame too, because I really think that this game stands uh, stands as an example of transformative work. It's one thing to go out and just grab a bunch of memes and just put them in your game, and you're just hoping that you're going to get a laugh based on the strength of the memes. But the way that they're being used 
and the sheer pandemonium that it, it causes as you encounter each one and the level of surprise that you sort of get, it, I think really does lend itself or lend lend to the idea that this this board game is especially transformative with all of the assets that it uh, that it incorporates. I would say if anyone is learning about fair use and copyright stuff in uh, their classes or like you're curious about it, this is a perfect example of fair use because ever it, like this experience is so unique even though literally every image that it is ripped is probably owned by someone else, you know. Uh, so I would give this game I'm going to give this game a 4. Okay. Uh, I have actually very similar sentiments. I was uh, kind of thinking the game that this reminded me most of was uh, was uh, the Cheetahman, um, and not from a gameplay perspective, but from the intention of the creator to create an experience that is crafted in a certain way. Um, really, the issues I had with it were some of the confusing elements of the of the rules. I think even if you're trying to make a piece like this, you need to be a, a little bit more clear in the rules um, to dictate that people need to play. Unless unless you just like want people to go completely off the rails, which you know maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But the bone zone thing is is kind of weird. Um, the death thing just to completely kick people out. Yeah, that's that's fine. I guess in this game, but uh, this game has the potential to go on for hours, and it has the potential to go on for five minutes. So it's, it's I don't know, it, kicking somebody out that soon. I, I don't think is necessarily a good thing, even with what you're going for. Um, I I totally agree. I think it's a dedication to the bit. I totally respect that. Uh, like sometimes to me, and I think Thomas will attest to to my my view on comedy is sometimes to me you you do a bit not because it's funny now but because once it gets unfunny then it's funny to you because people people think <laughs> that it's not funny anymore and you just keep your dedication to it um, right and then that's just funny. A, that's just a that's just a golden just like a sweet spot yeah. in comedy for me and i, th- I mm-hmm. think this guy really embraced that and i i, I appreciate that uh, the absurdism, it's clear absurdism, whether or not that's your cup of tea. Um, he goes full force unabashedly. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm going to give this game a... Uh, I'm going to actually put it right where I put Cheetah in, 4.5. Nice. Mm. Very nice. Yeah, and uh, I want to add one thing about... So we talked about broken game mechanics, and in some ways, I, I, I feel like, you know, the point of the game is that you have to be... I mean, think about think about having an inside joke with your friends, but then think about ha- think about your friend circle now being the whole otaku culture, and that's kind of how this rem- this game reminds me of. And then so when you when we say, oh well, things like dying were outside of the game, yeah, but you should kind of know the rule book by being as part of the culture and in some in some ways, if that makes sense. So if you die, you're out. Um, and and anything the rest of the game, I think play like mechanically worked. I mean, the only thing that bothered me was we didn't really understand the the death mechanics. Um, and then, you know, he even said there's some cards that just don't do anything. So, uh, I, I don't know. I think nerds have to have a clear set of rules before they, uh, communicate on forums and stuff. Yeah. Yes and gonna, no. Gonna, I mean, they're going to, they're going to protest their bands. Yeah, I don't know, Jeff. Yes. And mm-hmm. I mean, I would also say that like, if you go back to, uh, if you go back to fanfic, then that kind of, that, that kind of counters that argument. I think, you know, there's, there's definitely both ways to look at it. So, um, I think that in in a lot of ways the game was broken intentionally. You know, the the thing is if you don't get it, you don't get it kind of thing. Um, I I really respect the dedication to the bit, uh, and yeah, like every every card you pull is an inside joke. Like every single one is in some ways handcrafted. I mean, it's like impressive the level of in terms of theme. Is it fun? 
No, um, but <laughs> is, <laughs> is it is it like incredibly um, uh, impressive what he's done? Absolutely. So I'm gonna give it right where you guys are. Um, I'll pull the score down a little. I'll give it a three point seven five. There it is. All right. Well, that brings the ref draft boys average to four point zero eight. We don't have any uh, board game geek review to compare this to obviously we do have a couple of statistics on the tabletop simulator mod mm-hmm. uh we have 549 unique visitors to this page with 156 subscribers and six current favorites um i don't have much to compare that on except for the sonic game which i think was in the thousands as far as visitors go and uh, a, a few hundred as far as as far as subscribers went so you know it's a uh, decently popular it's more popular than uh than our our tabletop simulator mod which is now available for you to play on i'm just like i wonder where he gets the word out you know like how does he get 550 <laughs> unique visitors for something that doesn't really have a singular topic you know like did he post it in the youtube video or i don't i'm kind of i don't know his uh his youtube page i i actually saw his youtube page he's got mostly like 10 to 20 views on all those videos. Yeah, so I mean, 550 <laughs> unique visitors is really impressive considering the, the situation. So. I don't know. I don't know how I did it. And it came out know. in May. It's not like it was... Jealous. Yeah, it hasn't been out for that long. <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, so we have our average score. Now let's go ahead and uh, share our little review. It's going to be short, sweet, and to the point. Just like My this friend, game. Yeah, just like this game. So our comment will officially read... My friend killed me with Peter Griffin on my second turn, but that's okay because he's still sitting on the bread space to this very day. See you in the bone zone. 4.08 out of 10. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that's where you go when you die is, is the bone zone. So we're st- uh, still not clear. Jury's still out on there's that. There's one spot. There's one spot that you can go to the bone zone. Who's the, so who's the character the from from uh, Undertale, Tom? The Sans. The short Sans stubby one? That, yeah. Okay. yeah, he's the short stubby one. Hilarious. Lots and lots of references. Well, if you guys would like to, clearly, if you couldn't tell at this point, uh, we have excommunicated Travis. He's dead to us. If you would like to be our new Travis, and you have a game that you would like to reach out to us about possibly playing, or maybe you want to tell us what your favorite card is in this game, you can do so by reaching out to us at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. Uh, we, like Thomas said, we're looking for more games. Uh, send them emails in. We're looking for tabletop simulator mods. Uh, we're looking for virtual print plays we can do. Maybe some, some, uh, roll and writes. Anything that we can do over webcam, especially during quarantine, is great. If you have any recommendations, send them our way at roughdraftgames at gmail.com and we'll, we'll definitely play it unless it's from <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, if you want to come down and uh, turn yourself into a nice board game otaku, come over to our website, roughdraftgames.com, where we have other board games for you to check out. Um, things like uh, things like what to do, what to listen to, what to eat, and our thematic page, other episodes of Roll and Move to listen to, and of course, the game that we're coming out with and kickstarting very soon, All Rise. So come support us on our Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Speaking of coming very soon, I believe on the date that this publishes, the people who... Uh, the people who are on our mailing list, they already know when the show's going down. You know what I'm saying? They they are going to know when the launch date is. Early access. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, I'm a little bummed out, man, that I wasn't the first to know. You join the mailing list, which you can do on the mail site, you'll be the first to know about all these sorts of things. But the good news is, if you can wait just a little while longer, you are going to find out 
tomorrow. We are announcing the official launch date of our game tomorrow, and it's happening very, very soon. Like, within the next week, very, very soon. So, we're going to need all the support that we can get from you guys. Thank you so much for spreading the word. We already have a couple of people who've, like, sort of organically found the page on uh, on Kickstarter. It doesn't have the date on there when it's launching, but they're, they're notified for when it does launch. And we thank those those detectives out there who have found that. And another way that we would, uh, another thank you that we want to give is to everyone who's given us five stars on iTunes for the, for the podcast that you're listening to. It really helps us with the algorithm, helps other people find the show, and it's it's only going to help our little community grow and grow and grow. And so we thank you guys. If you haven't done so yet, please go ahead and give us five stars. It'd be great! And just in case it's a little easier, I'm going to give the direct URL to our uh, All Rise page again. So it's roughdropgames.com slash all-rise, or search us up on Kickstarter, All Rise Game. Yes. All right, Gare. That's all I got for him. How, how, how are you going to get me out of this one today? What card are you going to pull from that deck that is just totally random? Get out of jail. Break the Probably won't do anything. Podcast. Yeah. No, no I, I'll take a different route here. Uh, I, I do want to echo the sentiments that Tom just said. I, I want to specifically thank a couple people. Uh, Travis, although we are quite mad at you right now, thank you for being such a such a great listener, such a great recommender, and a guest on Atmosphere. Daniel, thank you so much for being a guest. Two-time, the, the only two-time I think we have here. And Allison may be on there as well. Um, but the, the two-time, the two-time non-family member, uh, and also creator of our music. Um, we got Linda Youngerberg, a great artist. We got Jared Yamahata. We got Lauren. We've got, uh, who, who am I missing here? We got Lauren Hicks. We got Jared Yamahata. We got, who's that guy we hired for the card back? Gio. Like, Gio. Gio. Gio, I don't know your last name, but I want to send you thanks. Uh, Mom, you've shared every single episode of Roll and Move that I have ever posted on Facebook. Every single one, and I'm pretty sure like none of your friends have ever bothered to listen. But that's okay. I appreciate you sharing. It has uh, definitely helped us out. So thank you to everyone that has been a part of this. Uh, this is kind of like the culmination of you know. Just so, you, like so you're th- so just episodes. to be clear, yeah, you're thanking everybody before we go live or before our Kickstarter goes live. What are you gonna do if we don't if we don't like make the if we don't make the goal? We just go back and yell at everybody. You're going to come uh, back and go, you know what, Mom? <laughs> if only you had shared to more people, just blame. <laughs> normally, normally when I have a failure of that magnitude, I go into radio silence and hoping that everybody <laughs> forgets about it for you know, three or four weeks. And then I just kind of come back and pretend like nothing happened. And I'm just like, hey, well, you guys see that Nets game last night? Yeah. <laughs> like, this Nets this podcast will all of a sudden transform into like some sort of uh, the new fad. Know, generic. Yeah. If next episode you do not hear us plugging anything, uh, something, <laughs> something's gone awfully something awry. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but anyways, we have a we have a great community of people of uh, friends and family and people that have really helped bring not only this podcast but our game to life. So I, I just I did want to thank all those people. Uh, so to everyone that I mentioned, everyone that I forgot, uh, all the playtesters, all the playtesters, all the advisors that we. Yeah, we've had a ton of people help us out with this game, so thank you very much. Yeah, they, they had some bad ideas, but you know, other than that, I, yeah. I think specifically the people that have put assets in here. I, I'm yeah. kidding. Every, I, I thank you to all the playtesters. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone. That is it for Roll and Move. We will see you next week uh, with hopefully a a lot to announce. <laughs>